You're listening to James Valentine on ABC Radio. What is something that you do simply because your parents did it? That's how you were raised. It was a habit they had. And so you followed along. And really, as you've gone on, you've maybe even kept on doing it. But maybe there's not even much reason to keep on doing it. I mean, there'd be things like you could say, well, I brush my teeth because I was taught to brush my teeth. My dad brushed my teeth. It's, there's a good reason to brush your teeth. But there may be other activities and things that you do really, and it's just like, it's what we do. It's how I was raised. It doesn't necessarily have any particular reason anymore, but I'm going to keep on doing it. We met Rob, who's been keeping petrol records for a very long time for no particular reason. I have been keeping a continuous record of my petrol purchases. The notepads that I have in front of me date back to the 11th of April 2001. Right. I, I adopted the practice from my mother and father. Um, it was my father's practice. He died in 2002, and I've been keeping up the, um, the practice ever since then <laughs> on both of my vehicles that I drive. So Rob's adopted the practice, as he said, from his parents. I then went on to say to Rob, so, you know, why, why do you do this? He said, I don't know. I don't do anything with it. He said, I understand that I could, you know, calculate my mileage and uh, I could keep, you know, I'd understand which of my cars, you know, would, was getting better mileage or I could calculate which petrol I should be getting or something like this, but I don't. I just, but I continue to keep the records on what is now nearly a 20-year span um, for no particular reason at all. And I thought... I wonder if we've all got a few things like that. And I wonder how far we can go back. I've got a texter who said, I am the fifth generation James because the firstborn is always called James. It's a tradition in my family for five generations now to name the firstborn son James. My 25-year-old son is James the fifth, says James the fourth. So there's those sort of things. I'm not at all superstitious, writes another correspondent, but last week I spilled some salt and immediately threw a pinch over my left shoulder. I felt like I was somehow honouring my grandmother, who had lots of these types of superstitions. Exactly. James, I've been listening to the ABC for decades, just because that's how I was raised. I now love it, and but I stream it constantly if I'm out of town. And like my parents, I also have a radio in every single room of the house, all day, every day. <laughs> Stacey, I'm with you. Exactly. I grew up with radios everywhere and they were always tuned to the ABC. Hello, Julie. Hi. Yeah, what, what is it? Yeah, I set up my cutlery drawer different from everyone else I've ever known and I didn't actually realise it was different <laughs> until I got married and set up house with my husband and uh-huh. then we had to have a conversation about how we should set up the cutlery drawer. Okay. And how? what is the Julie family tradition of cutlery drawers? We always put the big spoons on the far left, yeah. then the fork, then the knives. And everybody else always put the spoons in between the knives and the forks in the middle. Really? So they do fork, spoon, knife? Yes. And that doesn't make sense to me because the knives and forks go together, <laughs> spoons on the far left. <laughs> See... I think I have, I don't care where the spoons and the forks are. There'll be a fork bit and a spoon bit. I don't think we have a, an official policy for where the spoons okay. and the forks are. Okay. I felt like it was non-standard. You know, this was pointed out to you by your, your husband. Yes, when we moved in and was very confused for a while about where things should go. Right. Who, who prevailed? Me. 
You. <laughs> yeah, and he actually came around to the common sense way of setting it up that way. Oh, so it's I the common sense that. way. Your way is yeah. the common sense way. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, this is yeah. see, this is my theory. You know, the segment we do. This is what I live with, Julie. That's We're, exactly what I was thinking about. Yep. And this is my yep. theory that happens. That the reason people call so often about dishwashing and dishwashers. Yeah. Is that you're trained by your parents about how yeah. to wash dishes and how to stack dishwashers. And Absolutely. so, therefore, when somebody says, no, don't do it like that, it's like, you're attacking me. You're attacking my family. That's My mother That's showed right. me how to do this. You know? Exactly. exactly. That's right. <laughs> These family traditions are very strongly held. They're very strongly held, and it feels really confronting when someone says, no, don't do it like that. Nice to hear from you. And uh, thanks, thanks so much for calling. Um, text correspondent, uh, an elastic band around wallets. Uh, one day when my mum dies, I'll do it around my phone because I don't have a wallet. It just seems right. Oh, yeah, so the, um, you put a plastic band around, around, around the wallet. Well, I think also to keep it intact, but then you've always got an elastic band somewhere too. The, the ABC, lots of fruit and vegetables and table napkins for every meal. My sisters and I have continued these traditions unquestioningly. <laughs> uh, Sarah says, I must have two pieces of fruit before I'm allowed anything sweet. <laughs> yeah, there's those sort of childhood rules, aren't they? What's the childhood rule that you, uh, that you maintain religiously because of your upbringing? Damien. Uh, hello. G'day. How are you? Good. It's another, it's another dishwashing thing. It is. So when... I was a child and we had the same washcloth and scourer and was, when one got knit into disuse was buy exactly the same one again just to replace it. All my life I was the one who mainly washed up and I continue it to this day. My wife now is just says, you know, there's more options out there. I can't bring myself to do it. Really? <laughs> just can't do but, it. Um, it. It gets the job done and, you know, why, 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 why mess with it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And have you had, you know, partners and, you know, people in your life that have said, what what, what are you doing? Exactly. You know, there's more options out there. But yeah. I stick to my guns and I'm the one who still does it, so can do it my way. You're going to do it my way. Forget about it. If I'm doing it, we're doing it my way, okay? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And does it just feel really wrong to do it any other way? Suddenly you can just feel... It doesn't, doesn't clean it the same way. Yeah. You yeah. don't get it just clean. I don't know. It's not as clean... If you if you ever have to do it in, in another way, perhaps you're at a you know rental holiday house or something, do you hear your is it your mother or your father's voice in your head going, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I for, for my holidays I put up with it, but definitely not at home. Yeah, yeah, Damon, fantastic. I think that's what it is, isn't it? You can just you can hear your parents articulating the rule. Um, Jackie, hello, James. What what do you do? I hover over public toilet seats. Hover um, I over... Think, I think I'm the third, third generation to hover. I'm feeling so a kind of magical quality there if you're actually hovering, Jackie. That would be quite extraordinary. <laughs> if, if only I could um, levitate, but no. Right. And, and when my kids were little, I used to hold them over the public toilet seat. Now they laugh at me and <laughs> um, impersonate me saying, hover, hover. Hover, hover. But I hover. also have... I also have a chaotic Tupperware cupboard. I don't own a piece of Tupperware, but my plastic cupboard is still called the Tupperware cupboard. Yes. And I think my grandmother and my mother both had Tupperware. And I think my mother, my mother's Tupperware 
her 1970s Tupperware is still pristine. So right. one day I'll inherit it and I'll be able to um, rightfully call yeah. my Tupperware cupboard a Tupperware cupboard. Now, now back to the hovering over the public toilet seat. I knew you'd want Do to you... go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just remember, was it your mother? My mother. And do you just remember your mother, you know, would, would say, now, you've got to go in there. Now, do whatever you do, do not sit down on the public toilet seat. That's right. Hover. Hover. Make sure you do not touch the toilet seat. Don't touch anything. And do you now, in your rational mind, feel as though, I'm sure it's okay. I could probably even just wipe it down and then I could probably sit and take my ease. I, I'm still inclined to hover. Still inclined to hover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I mean, like, in, in your rational mind, you know that you could actually sit down, right? I might know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think your children are going to be hoverers? No. They no. think it's ridiculous. They love, they love impersonating me saying hover. Hover. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, thank you. Jackie the hoverer. Oh, fantastic. James, my husband is the 13th Donald Robert in his family. I was very relieved when our two children were girls, otherwise divorce may have ensued. Really? You don't want to be a Donald Robert? I would have thought that's fine. Jane, sorry, but the cutlery drawer is wrong. We put the knives in the middle because they're straight and help to separate the forks and the spoons that are bent and messy. <laughs> Aren't they in little compartments? Aren't they all in little compartments? Uh, James, I wear a singlet because my mum and my dad always did. Uh, I always carry a hanky because mum always told me I always have to have dessert to finish the meal because mum always gave us one, says Wayne. Yeah, I've got rid of the singlet and the hanky and the dessert, actually. I've definitely, you know, realised the singlet is probably not that necessary, um, both because of, uh, you know, hygiene changes in some ways and, and temperature. The hanky, I'm happy with tissues. I'm fine there. And dessert, uh, I just don't, didn't end up liking it. Uh, oh, my goodness, I'm a fourth-generation hoverer. And yes, held my kids akimbo, if that's correct, over the public toilet seat as well. It extends to any toilet that is not my own ensuite bathroom toilet. Yeah. I always finish with a cold shower because that's what Dad said we had to do. Uh, I'm now 83 and could not possibly change the habit. I'll probably die of pneumonia, says Mary. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? You, you know that these are not necessary. You know, you could do... You could do whatever. Um, you could do it however you like. But you just do it because this was what the family did. In the 1960s, we were poor. Mum used to empty her purse onto the beach and check her remaining money after shopping. Every night, I record my receipts from shopping and have a running total down to the cent. I've even trained my husband into doing this. Uh, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Lauren. Oh, this is an interesting one. Catherine, what, uh, what's the family tradition, Catherine? Well, um, I have, I've been only thinking about this recently, but it makes no sense. I have a criteria where the summer clothes get swapped with the winter clothes, and it doesn't really matter about the weather because I live in northern New South Wales, so there comes a month when there's no more short sleeves, mm -hmm. there's no more long pa uh, short pants, there's no more sandals. Everything gets swapped over to a winter criteria. But the, as you say, you're in northern New South Wales, so it can be quite mild still. That's it. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. And, and my friends, I, we go out there in shorts and, you know, short yeah. shades tops. But I'm determined because I feel that I've got this lovely winter wardrobe that I need to, to wear anyway. And I'm determined to wear it despite the weather. But it, but it has been a generational thing that the winter clothes go in about, you know, beginning of October, get packed away, mothballs, summer yeah. clothes get out. Then come April, May, you know, the other way around. And, yeah, it does not, you know, it worked quite well mm. when we were living overseas in Vienna. Does not work. Not so, well so much now. So when you get to it, it starts. Let's say Anzac Day. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It does that like a marker where you start to go. This weekend, nah. I, might, I might change the clothes over. No, nah, it's about the first of April. Oh, first of April. Oh, that seems <laughs> oh, yeah. early. Yeah. Yes, That's... I do have sort of middling clothes that I sort of can wear, but I'm, yeah. but I was recently thinking this makes literally no sense, and yet I cannot stop doing it. And was it was it you know I'm, again assuming your mother who's who had this? Yes. Now everybody, time to change over. Let's get you into clothes packed away. That's something like that. <laughs> well, I thought it didn't sound. It would just happen. And then my yeah. friend, it was you know my grand. We lived with my grandmother, and she did it. And I'm quite sure that her mother did it. And God mm. only knows how many generations. Mm. Although they probably had a lot less clothes. And in northern New South Wales, you could pretty much have, I would have thought, a generically light wardrobe with a couple of warmer garments, and that would get you around the whole year. Well, that makes a lot of sense, and yet I don't. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been in northern New South Wales? Uh, well, I moved back here uh, about 20 years ago. <laughs> right, 20 years ago, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm still yeah. determined. Look, I've got a Melbourne me when I when I first moved up here in the in the you know sort of about eighty four or so. Melbourne oh, me, I, I think till about eighty eight, carried a jumper and often a jacket as well with me wherever I went, mm-hmm. because that's what you did in Melbourne. Because it could suddenly you could be perfectly nice, and be freezing cold at five o'clock in the afternoon, you know. So, I just did that. For quite, it took me, I think, about three or four years to go. I don't need to do this. Doesn't happen, does it? If I'm wearing a t-shirt now, I'm going to be fine <laughs> until ten o'clock tonight. It's not going. You, <laughs> you are. Last month, my 27-year-old son asked me why I peel the cucumber skin. He loves it. Answer: Mum always did. I've stopped, and I'm embracing the cucumber in its entirety. In entirety. You are right, Sally. Sally, you are correct. The previous generation peeled the cucumber, and it was a total waste of of good nutritional fodder and time. Gina? My dad was a movie buffer and like he's, uh, he, he would be 90 and um, we we watch movies very differently to other people and um, the big thing that we do is we stay and we watch all the credits right. for the very last thing till the <laughs> lights are up and like that's not just my father, it's not just us, it's my children and my grandchildren were the yeah. last to leave the movie theatre. Yeah. And, um, well, and I don't think we're reading them. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> once you've got through sort of, you know, director and, and camera person and... Um, and the best boy, yeah. And, the, and the, what, what do you do about all those other credits? Because now there'll be like acres of credits because it's, you know, computer people doing stuff. Yeah, and yeah, What do you yeah. do about well, all that? We, we, we talk a lot. Uh, not when we're with people who don't watch it like us. We, we consider it. Yeah. But uh, we, we talk a lot through the movies and we, we talk about who we might have seen and what was happening and where the, where the hell is this thing being um, filmed and... Yeah. And we look for that. I'll often sit through the credits because I'm interested in location and music, yeah. which will yeah. then, that doesn't come up till the yeah. end, you know, so I want 
to watch yeah. the I want to watch the music credits. But they cut the credits on Netflix and all those streaming services, yeah. and and that really frustrates me. It's like, no, 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 I don't know what to do now. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think there I is. Think there's a button you can push. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think we've had a discussion where you can they, the you can let it roll to the end, particularly if it's, you got to be quick. You got to be quick. Um, yeah. But you can make that setting change. But, I mean, a lot of people will say, of course you should. Like, that's respectful that you you don't just leap up. See, I don't – I would go about midway. I suppose I often wait if I'm interested in those things. No, I also I quite like you stay and let the credits roll and the lights come up because it's – you want to share your very first impressions right then, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you want to um, – I don't know. I think I, I have to be the last person out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Are the cleaners pushing the popcorn broom under your feet? As you pretty much. Yeah, there? they are. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's uh, – and I, I can pretty much say uh, 80% of what I've heard so far as well, and I think it might be generational as well. Some of it's generational. A lot of this is, you know, these were generational rules. And they were sort of – you know, maybe it was a style of parenting as well to go, well, this is how you do it. Uh, whereas we might be saying, hey, explore the dishes, you know. You come up with your way of doing it, whereas, you know, things were just, this is what you do, and on you go and do it. Gina, fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. You do stuff, and really it's just because you parents always did it. Mark? Yeah? Tell us about your microwave technique. I always have to stop it at the very last second. You can't let it go to the end, but you can't stop it before one second because then it hasn't cooked enough. <laughs> so you go to one second because you don't want the ding... Yeah, my mother in the 1980s had a microwave and she really didn't like the ding. I think it was a bit defective or something. It sounded mm. like a dying cockatoo. Yeah. And so she used to make us stop it for it. We'd wait there and watch it and then yeah. stop it. And um, now, now, Mike, I, I, I used to do it in the lunchroom at work and everybody would be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, it's, it's a microwave. It's what you do. <laughs> and now, now my children do it as well. I see them stand in front of the microwave and they get all tense. It's counting down ten, the last 10 seconds. Nine, eight. Do you know what I would happily purchase? I don't know why they don't do this, but could they make dingless microwaves? Totally. Yeah, you should have a silent option. Well, can totally. I have a silent option? Uh, sir, we have, this, we have this in black and silver, and would you like the dingless version? And you go, thank you. Yes, yeah. I would. I would. What, awesome. what purpose does the dinging... Like, when, when I open the door of the microwave, ding, why does it need to do that? And then when I shut it again, ding, that's, I know I'm shutting the door. Yeah, it just likes attention, I think. I think it likes attention. I think it wants to be the route. It says, hey, hey, yeah. look what I can do. The oven doesn't do this, does it? Huh? I ding. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm with you. Let's see if we can uh, promote the dingless microwave. Carl has managed to end a uh, tradition. Carl? G'day, James. How are you? Can you look good, and congratulations on uh, ending a tradition. Yeah, I decided uh, about 20 years ago, when questioned by my 10-year-old son at the time, he came to the table and uh, had his hat on, and I was about to say, take your hat off, and he said, I know, I know, took it off, and said, but why do I have to do it? And I said, because it's rude. He said, but why? And I said... <laughs> Because it is. And he said, but why isn't it rude to wear your watch at the table? Right. I said, I don't know. So I rang my father up. Yeah. I said, Dad, why do we have to take a hat off the table? He said, because it's rude. And I said, why? He said, I don't know, because my dad told me to do yeah, it. Right. I said, but do you know why? He said, no. And I said, you know what? I don't care. Yeah. Wear your hat at the table. So now I have the policy. If you want to wear your hat, you can. Yeah. It's up to you. 
and I'm not going to carry. And since then, I've, I've decided I'm never going to carry on the tradition unless I can be given a contemporary reason as to why. Bravo, Carl. I'm a, I'm a big supporter of that that kind of approach. Uh, I'm laughing a lot because I feel as though the hat at the table and the hat inside was a, it was a staple talkback call in, in my first days. So in the 90s or so, you could bring up the hat at the table and you get indignant old chaps calling in. It's, it's rude. It's appalling. The young people, they wear these caps and they wear them to the table and it's, it's appallingly rude. And I'd have exactly the same conversation, Carl. Go, but so I'm not quite sure. How does it indicate a lack of respect or rudeness? It just is. We know that it's rude. They're being rude by leaving the hat on. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I saw a young boy press the light at the traffic lights to cross and he mm. pressed it with his elbow and I thought, in 200 years' time, people are going to be pressing them with the elbow, and everyone's going to say, why do we do that? Yeah, that's right. Well, we know we know why now, but, yeah. why, you know, in 200 years' time, you go, I don't know why we press buttons with our elbows. And there'll you be know? an old bloke on the radio who'll go, exactly. it refers back to the plague of uh, 2020. I, you may not remember this, but uh, it was called the novel coronavirus. Exactly. <laughs> Carl, fantastic, bravo, well done. And, um, you know, I, I, I tend to this kind of thing, have tried a similar sort of thing, I suppose, with most of those those things. There's stuff that is respectful and stuff that we should maintain, and there's a lot of it that just ends up it's, it's elbows at the traffic lights. Fantastic, thanks so much for sharing those with us. You're listening to Afternoons with James Valentine on ABC Radio Sydney.